0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to a brand new episode of paratrooth radio my name is eric
2: and i'm justin
0: and today we have another exciting show for you. I hope you guys are hanging on to your butts. This is going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, but before we get into that, we do have a little housekeeping. So, Justin, I am going to let you go ahead and take it away.
2: Yeah, um, we actually just got the New Lantern Media uh, T Public Page uh, storefront and merch front page up, and uh, I uploaded the New Lantern Media logo, so you can get a New Lantern Media. T-shirt, mug, uh, computer bag, cell phone cover—pretty much if you can think of it. There, there's a uh, something up there with the New Lantern logo on there. And then I am also uh, sharing the Pear truth uh, swag that we had come up with with the different—I uh, don't know what you call them—cartoons, I guess—that um, we have. Uh, We've got the uh, Hellhound pup. We've got Herc, the uh, Hellhound. We've got um, Krampus. We've got just uh, Eric and I back to back. And then just the plain Truth logo, uh, the old Truth logo. If you guys don't remember what that is, you should check it out. And uh, there's actually an image on there that one of Eric's friends. Um, made that is, I believe it's the the eternity tree
0: yeah I think so
2: um so check all of those out I want to uh, start getting more stuff up so Eric and I are talking about what we can do to get that going um would love to throw some more swag your guys way. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's up there. Uh, we will get it on the website here very, very soon. But in the meantime, I will put it in the link uh, in the show notes. So definitely check that out and get yourself some new Lantern swag. Um, I would love to see a crime crack or a couple crime crack uh, swag up there. I, I don't remember if we got one up or not. I don't think we did. Um, and then eventually, uh, two girls in a Zoom potato, or whatever that turns into once they rebrand. So, yeah, yeah. definitely some cool stuff.
0: Sweet. So, as I said, we do have a interesting show today. Not long ago, uh, actually, only about a couple of weeks ago, uh, I is coming up with different ideas. Just and I, you know, we we just spend some time texting each other back and forth throughout the week, uh, trying to come up with new interesting episodes for you guys. Uh, And of course, it's always stuff that we want to talk about as well. And so, one that we've decided on is kind of something we covered a little bit over the past couple of years, but we never really did a full show on the topic itself. Uh, And that is talismans or talismans. Uh, This I thought was really interesting because I think a lot of people wear talismans not even knowing that the talismans. Um, And I think that's interesting because according to a number of archaeological sites and history and, you know, anything you look up about a talisman or an amulet uh, is that there's this kind of power associated with it based on the belief of the individual who's wearing it. Uh, and then of course, different types of talismans for different types uh, of works. You, know, you can wear it for production, but you can also wear it to do things such as summoning certain spirits Uh, When you're reading through books like uh, the Lesser Key Solomon, for example, they're talismans that are to be built uh, and that are supposed to be associated in some way with the summoning of a demon, for example. But in order to do that, it also has to be associated with the alignment of the stars and the planets and all that jazz. So there's a lot that really goes into it. So I think we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, In terms of talismans, when you first started doing the research, Justin, I mean, was this something kind of new to you? Were you surprised at some of your findings, or what? What happened?
2: Um, you know, I I, I know what a talisman is. I know what an amulet is. Um, the the article I actually came across that I think kind of really explained it really well. Uh, the one thing I really didn't know is that a lot of times talisman and amulet are synonymous some people believe they're kind of one and the same but reading through the article uh it actually goes into charms as well uh and these are three different types of uh things that can protect you ward off evil that sort of thing so i i honestly didn't know enough to understand cuz when you say amulet talisman to me it's one and the same thing but doing the research and seeing it's actually different and they're, they're not only used differently, but they're made differently too.
0: Right. Well, so, you know, I think the first thing that we really need to do is just kind of explain a little bit more as to what a talisman or an amulet is. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up that they are kind of used interchangeably. Uh, There's slight differences between the two, depending on, the style of amulet or talisman and what it's being used for. The main thing is that that you need to know is that it's an object, either natural or man-made and is believed to be endowed with special powers to protect or bring good fortune to the person wearing it. Amulets are carried on the person or kept in the place that is the desired sphere of influence. This could be, for example, a house on a porch, on a roof, uh, or even in a field. Uh, The term amulet and talisman are often interchangeably used, as Justin said, but a talisman is sometimes defined as an engraved amulet. So think of it this way. An amulet is more or less just a stone or a natural stone, whereas a talisman is also that same stone, but with an engraving on it or some other type of, it could be a picture, it could be words, you know. I
2: was going to say symbol.
0: Or engraved. Right. So in terms of like types of talismans just real quick i mean we'll get into this way more later on in the show but think of something like a crucifix or a cross as a talisman uh, star of david a pentagram uh, even something like the rabbit's foot is a very popular talisman uh you know things like that so just about anything can be a talisman really but the idea is that these stones that they're made of or whatever material it's made of whether it's stone metal or etc is that there's some type of symbolic link between the symbol and your own beliefs so most amulets are natural and they consist of precious stones metals teeth uh claws of animals bones plants uh and so many more things right so Mm man-made amulets equally varied uh include religious medallions and small figurines uh these are little guys that you can put in your pocket in fact i remember you might recall this too justin back in uh was it the early 2000s i guess they used to make these little tiny like figurines out of wood and yarn and you would stick them in a little pouch they came in little pouches Mm -hmm. these little tiny people Uh, i used to carry those around with me all the time had no idea what it was for but they were cool
2: um, something similar you, you kind of see in movies and TV shows too. not put into a pouch or anything, but they're, they're almost like stick figures sort of, uh, woven together by a twine or rope of some kind. And then they're sometimes hanging off of trees, hanging off of, uh, hung in the house somewhere, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, but I, I do remember those. It, it's, been a while since i've actually seen them used but i do remember them right
0: well so these talismans aren't new of course i mean i think a lot of us think they're relatively new especially being Mm -hmm. that you know the the type of the paranormal community we're thinking new agey you know the talismans become a little more popular (laughs) over the last several years than they have been in the past but Talismans go back a really long time, in fact, they go back to about 25,000 BC, uh, at least, That's as far as we know. And that was a time in which Neanderthals and other prehistoric prehistoric peoples used these natural amulets in burials uh, and also used so-called Venus figurines. And you might think of like one in particular is like the scarab beetle. That's one that's mm-hmm. probably most popular uh, in ancient Egypt and even in modern Egypt. Uh, right. and the scarab is something that was worn by people both living and dead. The scarab symbolized life. Nobody knows why exactly, but they believe that perhaps it had to do with something uh, in which of what it did, which is pushed it's kind of gross a ball of dung that was identified <laughs> with the Sun and was believed to contain the beetle's eggs. Or perhaps its hieroglyph was the same uh, as that of the verb to become and was thought to restore the dead person's heart in the next world. Now in, e- in Egypt, the magic formulas originally recited over amulets to give them their power were eventually inscribed and worn themselves. This same thing kind of happened in the middle ages when Christians created their amulets and those, of course, included relics of saints and letters uh, said to have been sent from heaven. Now, among Jews, the preparation of amulets became a rabbinic uh, function. In fact, Muslims today even carry verses from the Quran, uh, the names of God, or even associated sacred numbers within small satchels. Christians, of course, as I've already mentioned, wear crosses and crucifixes or even have uh, a number of different statuettes, Uh displayed around their homes think of like the archangel michael or uh, saint peter mm-hmm. you can even go to a church you see uh s- some of these big statues that are adorning the 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 lobbies of the churches and then of course there is the good luck charm such as a person's birthstone or even a rabbit's foot uh or various other animal parts that have been considered lucky over the years I do have to mention this because this is kind of just this is more of a a thought. Why would a rabbit's foot be lucky if the rabbit lost its foot? It wasn't (laughs) lucky enough to keep it.
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's lucky for us. We didn't die to get it. So I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh that's something that's kind of always Made me chuckle because I I'll have that same thought like that poor rabbit died, but we consider it lucky. What what luck has it brought that poor rabbit? None. Um, some of the other stuff that uh, is commonly for charms specifically or good luck charms, you know, the four leaf clover um is another one a lot of people believe that um, eggs are a charm or a talisman or amulet they use that symbol and uh, something that I came across in the research which I don't find very often um, this particular article from uh, witchcraft and written by Wise Witch uh, talks about Grigri from Voodoo and that in and of itself uh, is usually an amulet because it's uh, a little bag that you would wear around your neck, or it could be a talisman. You would have it on yourself or put it under your porch or doorstep or something like that. Um, that kind of really fascinating because you don't see it very often talked about the, the gree.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I, I know we've covered that before. Uh, I don't know if it was with Parachute because it was a voodoo episode. Um, that might have gone way back before Paratruth was even Um, I can't even We did, yeah,
2: days. we did on Night Stalkers. We talked about voodoo. We talked about voodoo on Paratruth. I don't think we had a mm-hmm. guest on Night Stalkers. It was guest um, Everyday Voodoo.
0: Right. It's a good book, by the way. It's an interesting read. Learned some things I didn't know. <laughs> that was a
2: good <laughs> thing. Um, something else that I actually. Really found interesting. You, you talked about go, it going all the way back to uh, cavemen, but um, mm-hmm. the article that I saw talks about touch pieces, which were coins or metals that were used during the time of the Romans, um, pendants in the magically potent shape of a pyramid pointing to the gods in Asia Minor. And uh, this one kind of fascinated me because of my wife being in pottery. Um, an exaggerated apotropic eye being painted on Greek drinking vessels to ward off evil spirits while drinking.
0: Interesting. Well, then you have to, you know, when you. I, I just kind of thought about this now because I'm thinking about you in this subject matter, which is you probably oh great. What does that mean? But, <laughs> you know, you mentioned I. And of course, we know there is the all saying eye there's the egyptian eye of horus uh mm-hmm. you know which is considered a charm in its own way and that's also adorned and created as necklaces like charms that you can wear on yourself or you know whatever but you also have a tattoo of one and so yep. i didn't actually come across anything but i suppose and wonder even if having a tattoo of one of these particular talismans uh is just the same as actually wearing one Or you know I don't know is it maybe just a simple art piece and that's it and there's no real power behind it.
2: Um, I mean, and and we'll probably get into this. Anything, any symbol, any uh, talisman, any amulet, only has the power that you give it. So you know, and we've talked about that before. But um, the the eye of Horus or the eye of Ra, sometimes synonymous in the same god um is to believe to to represent knowledge and power um and the my particular reason for getting it was was the knowledge because i feel that i have amassed a lot of knowledge paranormal knowledge in particular not just any type of knowledge but um i've accrued a lot of knowledge and it's to also encourage me to keep seeking knowledge um not just in the paranormal, but because I'm a writer, in order to write, you need to know what you're talking about. Uh, Do research and understand that your stories have to be very accurate. So in a sense, yeah, it is a talisman or, or a amulet for me, depending on what you would consider it. I carry it on myself, but I also wear it so I I don't really know which one it would be or maybe, in this particular case, one in the same, synonymous. So, Mm -hmm. But I guess uh, that's a question for you, too, because we both have a couple of tattoos. Um, We usually get them if it's a meaning to us because I also have a cross with a dragon together. And um, in a sense, there's two different things that I truly love, but it also represents God and the devil. Um, you know, it represents, um, just strength because the, both the cross and dragons, I feel represent strength. Um, in any of your tattoos, because you've got a couple as well, you've got the, Mm -hmm. uh, tiger and, uh, is it a tiger and a dragon? Chinese dragon Mm -hmm. in the form of a, a yin yang circle um yeah do any of them you've got a wolf too. do any of those in your opinion or in your mind represent a some type of talisman or you give it some type of of power in a sense
0: sure I mean so I mean the wolf obviously I just always loved wolves from as long as I can remember but just the image of a wolf uh represents strength and family, uh, freedom, you know, things like that, having, having this pack like mentality, uh, being there for family and whatnot, you know, that's like something that's really important. I think, especially to our family Mm -hmm. being our side of the family, Justin's what I mean. Um, but it's also just, you know, the, the beauty of the creature of the beast itself, you know, these wolves to me are one of those Ancient ancient animals that are still around, and they're just so still very mystical. You know, they're mystical with Native Americans, uh, even to this day, and it's the same way for me. As for the dragon and the tiger, it there is a yin and yang. It's like this balance of good and evil. Uh, that's not the reason I got it, though. That's still one symbol behind it. Of uh, the reason I got it was actually the uh, the, the Chinese the way the Chinese view the two creatures uh obviously the dragon is more of a creature of myth whereas the tiger is the king of the jungle uh you know over in china there aren't lions so today we think oh the lion is the king but in asia it's the tiger that's actually Mm -hmm. king. so the tiger is actually a piece of art that you would get tattooed when you're younger. And it represents the courage and the strength that you gain uh, as you grow up and become older. And then the dragon is another piece of art that you attach to it that you get when you're much older. And it represents the wisdom that you've occurred over the years. Uh, So together you have strength, courage, and wisdom uh, kind of amassed within yourself. And that's what that representation is between the two animals facing off.
2: Okay. So, I mean, in a sense, you, you got it because it represents those things, not just because it was a piece on a wall that you said, I want that one.
0: Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you and I both know people who've done that. I right. like I don't want to tattoo something. I mean, permanently that I'm just like, oh, I picked it out on the wall because I thought it was cool. <laughs> There's always going to be some type of meaning behind it, unless it's something that I've wanted for a long time. And it's super cool. But right. Yeah.
2: Well, um, something that really interested me, too, is, you know, we talked about how um, amulets usually use stones in their um, construction. And something that I came across in this particular article, uh, it talks about precious and semi-precious stones and crystals are commonly used in amulets and talismans both. Um, each stone having its specific significance and power, and I I loved this because it actually kind of breaks down a little bit what each stone represents. Not all, but some. Uh, Amber wards off evil spirits and protects against rheumatism. Had never heard that before in my life about the rheumatism part. Uh, Aquamarine brings love and hope to the oppressed and protects travelers. Uh, Diamond repels wild beasts and evil men and ensures fidelity and. A lover, which I started thinking about it, I'm like, holy crap, that's why we use diamond rings for marriage. It there is that little bit of symbolism there. Um Emerald strength uh strengthens the memory and prevents possession by evil spirits i need an emerald because my memory has just gone to hell uh oh, I Garn- protection from the evil spirits <laughs> i I'm, i thankfully have not had that problem yet uh, and hopefully never knock on wood uh, <laughs> garnet brings good health and protects against nightmares uh lapis lazuli like all blue stones, protects against black magic and wards off melancholy and insomnia. Uh, Onyx protects a marriage from intruders. Pearl improves the skin, cures fevers, and brings tranquility. Uh, Sapphire brings peace and happiness and protects the eyes. Topaz helps to locate buried treasure. Turquoise brings peace to married life, etc. etc. Now, it doesn't say this in this particular article, but please do not use these particular things instead of traditional medicine. I mean, obviously, if you want to use them with that, if you believe these things protect against these things, obviously keep them, wear them, whatever, but do not just think that these are cures. Um, I don't want people thinking that Oh, yeah, Justin on Paratruth said that if I uh, wear a pearl, it's going to improve my skin, and you end up with skin cancer. No, that's not what I'm saying. A couple other things really quick that this article goes into, and I'm sure you probably came across this stuff, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. The shape of a bee brings success in business. Uh, A black cat, contrary to popular belief, is actually good luck. Uh, best all around good luck anything egg-shaped brings good luck and is powerful uh, fertility charm a fish brings a large family especially if cast in gold or mother of pearl a stone arrowhead is a powerful force against evil spirits the shape of a hand is another powerful charm against evil spirits a lot of times you'll see people uh especially in the cult world or uh pagan Wiccan uh, witch worshippers will have a hand with the all-seeing eye in the middle Um, anything in the shape of a sacred oak tree or a piece of oak itself is lucky the shape of a pig is a potent bearer of fertility the form of certain uh, of a serpent brings long life and wisdom and again etc etc so I found those actually really fascinating um, it goes into shapes and numbers as well, which I don't think we've ever really talked about numerology at all on paratruth Radio. But might that might be a good one to kind of delve into as well. Sure. But uh, what else did you come across?
0: Uh, well, I mean, some some more of the stuff that you you've talked about here, but probably to elaborate a little more. But bef- before I do that, I, I'm sorry, I just I have to pull your chain a little bit. Uh, because you did say witch worshippers. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, cl- I guess, clarify
2: there. pagan worship, uh, Wiccan worship, and witches. Let's, I, I guess I'll clarify that a little bit.
0: That's good. I'm gonna say, I don't know what a witch worshiper is, <laughs> but never heard of that one in my 12 years. Yeah, that's, t-
2: again, not yet that we've heard of. <laughs>
0: not yet. Um,. <clears throat> So, you know, as Justin was saying, there's a lot of different uh, meanings behind these various stones and birthstones in particular is probably one that is most commonly worn by people, especially women who tend to wear their birthstones or maybe the birthstones of their children. I was going to say children's uh, birthstones. Yep. mm -hmm, And, you know, for most of it, it's just a representation of who they are. You know, it's like mine is aquamarine. If I were to. It's probably my favorite color, the birthstone, possibly because it's just naturally associated with me and it's ingrained that way uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's just one of my favorite colors uh but with that said like some of these these precious stones uh do still have those elements of purpose behind them you know the like justin said they, they, there's certain meaning behind them and i don't think a lot of people really understand that uh they, they usually see these things and think oh that's really pretty you know and they move that's it you know like moonstones for example are really cool they're interesting stones how they change color especially like mood mood rings for example uh that change color they're really pretty do they really have any legitimate backing behind them like i've tried moons or uh, mood rings before and i'm sure you have too justin mm-hmm. uh, it's a weird thing because it always shows the color that you're not actually feeling so i don't know how it works exactly <laughs> but
2: Well, I mean, I I think that's one that most people want to believe in it, but truthfully, it works off your body heat. Um, If, like for me, example, I run hot a lot of times. I'll radiate heat. So I think it's red that is associated with the heat, and that would mean I'm angry all the time, which is not the case at all. (laughs) Well,
0: so you you did go ahead and you kind of, for the most part, you touched on a lot of birthstones and what the meanings are behind those. You did add a couple others, like mm-hmm. Pearl, for example. Uh, I do have a couple more here that are also interesting. And in fact, one that I currently wear and just started wearing not too long ago uh, is Obsidian. Um I mean, obsidian is just one of my favorite colors, being that it's black. And of course, created from lava, which is, I mean, it's <laughs> Right. <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> but uh, obsidian is is considered an earth stone. Uh, and it's activates supposedly the root chakra and uh, grounding you in the connection uh, or your connection with the earth. It clears the aura of negative energy and can also be used for scrying. Uh, Now, it's believed that stones, depending on the stones, some of these precious stones or semi-precious stones, have the ability to uh, absorb various energies and output them as well. And so something like obsidian that I wear uh, is believed to absorb negative energies and psychic attack, protecting you from both. Uh, I wear one of those along with uh, an engraving of a wolf. Again, a wolf is my spirit animal. Uh, It represents strength protection, uh, honor, uh, loyalty. Now I'm not saying that this is, you know, I don't wear these, this particular stone because I believe it's going to protect me hundred percent. That's, I just didn't, I don't believe in it, but nonetheless I wear it. It's cool. I enjoy it. Uh, I like the feel of it. Uh, and I think that's one of those things you really got to take into consideration. You know, when you're starting to wear the stones or carry different, uh tell talisman's on you with a simple belief that it's going to protect you uh i think you eventually end up finding that you're very much wrong in many cases Uh, i think there's scenarios in which maybe it could be helpful i don't know you know i think that's another one of those um well it's really beyond reason isn't it (laughs) (laughs) use your title uh it's one of those things that aren't scientifically proven you know we can't scientifically Mm. prove that uh, obsidian for example can absorb negative energy because we can't actually test negative energy in and of itself um we know what negative energy is and have an idea of how it's output through a person's demeanor or how people react uh same with psychic vampirism or psychic attack you know that it's the same thing you know we, we can't actually prove that the person is a psychic vampire but we can uh consider them one based on how a person is or people are around that particular individual um and i think that's something you need to just consider as well when you're looking into this kind of stuff uh these stones are more or less like justin said kind of the the not an like a means to end all you know they're they're not Mm -hmm. it's not medicine it's not gonna be better than traditional medication that you're going to take for depression for example which there are stones that can help in depression uh, one in particular being the ocean jasper uh, which is believed to help people from suffering uh, in depression but that doesn't mean it's going to help them completely you know I think what's good and what most people could even consider if you really wanted to get into this type of thing, uh, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with believing these stones are capable of this, uh, especially in my belief, you know, Earth is God created, and so his spirit lives within this stuff. And it's very possible that he has certain elements, to these stones that are, these certain stones have elements that could create some type of feeling, you know. Uh, think of when mm-hmm. you're in a cave. Way down under, you're around the stalactites and the various uh, minerals that are down there. Uh, there's almost like a different feeling in the atmosphere. Uh, and it's very possible that some of these crystals are giving off the same type of vibes. They're giving certain vibrations through space and time, if you will, that help you to, like, help the spirit to relax. I mean, there is a reason why crystals are used by mediums to speak to the dead. Uh, now again, whether or not you believe that that's even possible, it's it's really all up for debate, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, like, how do you feel about actually? Because I know there was a time, like for example, you and I when we were doing investigation our investigations, yeah. So you know, you you ended up purchasing the Saint Benedict medallions for us to wear when we went out on our investigations as a means of protecting us um mm-hmm. whether or not that really helped i don't think so because you did have a couple of uh, spiritual attachments after leaving uh, an investigation or two and we used to do a lot of stuff actually before an investigation we used to do that of course we used to pray which i think was the best thing for us to do before an investigation <laughs> but we also used to in case our vehicles with a circle of salt, we would Mm -hmm. get out of our cars and just sprinkle salt all the way around our car to try to absorb a sparse energy from locking onto us and walking into the car with us. Uh, Now, again, this is, a lot of this is really superstition. You know, whether or not you can actually work completely up for debate, and it's just speculated that maybe it can. Uh, I, I think there's maybe some type of, Maybe there's some type of truth through it. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think it just came up randomly. Um, I mean, to some extent, it probably did. Uh, you know, salt is a purifier. We know in the Bible that it's used to purify meats. Uh, to, mm. It's actually, salt is used multiple times as an example of purification. Um, so, that could be one reason why ghost hunters tend to use salt or people believe it to be. Uh, same with like throwing salt or pepper over your shoulder, you know, as a good luck thing or to ward off evil, uh, or negative things.
2: Yeah. A lot of the, the symbolism is in and of itself interesting, but like I said before, you know, if, if we didn't believe this stuff and this is actually a good question, uh, we can go into this in post-show, uh, you know, if we didn't believe these things, would these things have any protection for us at all? Um, but, uh, we're going to go to take a quick break. Um, we'll get into a little bit about what I just said. And then, uh, Eric had mentioned something last show, which we'll kind of get into, um, about the cross and symbols and the conversation that he had had. um, But uh, we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Kat Ward, host
2: of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio.
1: Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
0: Welcome back to Parachute Radio. My name is Eric.
2: And I'm Justin.
0: And today we've been talking about talismans. Uh, really what is a talisman and what is the meaning behind the various precious and semi-precious stones that make them up. Um, you know, at the very beginning, before we get back to what you brought up, uh, at the very beginning, I had mentioned how some talismans are used in the summoning of spirits and demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of want to touch base on that a little bit. I don't, do you want to go into that now? Do you? Should we talk about you, what you mentioned right before? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I I thought that this was also kind of interesting because a talisman, you know, so far what we've been talking about is a talisman is something that is basically man-made or naturally made and has power either based on one's belief or because of the elements within the earth give it power, supposedly. Um, Now, when it comes to summoning spirits, don't get all crazy because I'm not going to tell you guys how to do it. I've got books, but I'm not going to share that. You guys can figure that out on your own if you really want to do it. Uh, but be warned, it's dangerous. <laughs> With that said, uh, there are talisman that need to be created, in particular when you read the Lesser Key of Solomon, for example, uh, in which in order to summon one of the 77 demons, there are various types of talismans and amulets that they wear, or the, uh, the person summoning has to wear around their neck in order to protect them from possession or outlash from the demon being connected to, or again, summoned. Uh, But in order to create these amulets and talismans, it's more than just simple design. You know, it's a specific type of material that has to be, uh, melted together or they have to be glued together to build them. And then you also have to create these at certain times throughout the period of the year. There has to be a certain alignment in the stars and the planets in order for them to even be effective. And if you're off even just slightly, where the star isn't exactly where it's supposed to be according to the description, then the whole thing fails and you can't actually summon the, the, the spirit anyway. Or if you do, you end up summoning something completely different. Uh, which may be very bad for you anyway it's probably gonna be bad for you regardless but (laughs) you'd really be thrown for a loop when you realize oh shoot why didn't this work uh and i think that's something that we just need to talk about a little bit here because now we're saying that not only is a talisman man-made or made of earth but depending on what you're using it for it goes literally beyond earth into outer space and the rest of our universe that has to be in sync mm-hmm. for our talisman to work. Um, I, I mean, at what point or, or anything in your research, I don't know if you saw anything about this or have read it over the years like I have, um, why you think there has to be these certain special alignments within our solar system in order to really bring the true vibrational or even protectional, uh, protection power uh, to light with these talismans.
2: Um, I, you know, we've talked about this, you know, off air a little bit, and I think a little on air too, is how, um, a lot of people believe, and I'm not really sure how I feel about it, um, how the moon and the sun have sway over, um, our feelings, our, um, psyche. You know, a lot of people believe that people go crazy during a full moon, um, Mm -hmm. I would say yes to that, but there are scientists that say that the moon, the phase of the moon has no effect whatsoever on humans, even though, um, we do see that the moon has an effect on water. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken on my percentage, we're 90% (laughs) water. Um, so, you know, that's, I think that's what the biggest thing about it is, is, you know, people, believe that the stars and the uh celestial bodies if you will have sway over our our uh emotions and our physical health and mental health too so i mean to me i think it makes it does make sense especially because i do believe that the moon has sway over us but uh yeah i I, that's and that's Pretty much in any research that I've ever come across, that's what they're really talking about is the the sway of any celestial body, whether that's the sun, moon, planets, um, other stars have mm-hmm. sway over us. There's a lot of people that believe that constellations have power as well, which mm-hmm. in a sense, like I was talking about earlier, uh, about shapes in this particular article saying that shapes have power. So, um, I, I think that do, do I 100% believe that other than the moon? I don't know. You know, I, I believe in Zodiac signs kind of, um, I believe in astrological charts to a sense, um, but, uh, that in all my research ever, when it talks about creating different things like talismans or, uh things of power that's what it kind of points to and i'm sure that's probably the same in your research as well
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah to an extent and i I guess like you know the biggest question was or or like in my mind is when you're reading these type of books that are magical Incantations, basically, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. only creating these talismans and these symbols on the ground to contain whatever it is you're trying to summon or whatever, you know. It's it's not even has to be a summoning; it can be anything. It could be, uh, like a a a prayer of protection or a a spell of protection, and let's put it that way, Uh, or maybe a spell of love. You know, there's always something that you need to do uh, that has some type of an alignment, and I wonder. I mean, I've never done it, right? So I can't really tell you one way or the other, which is why I'm curious uh, whether it's actually the alignment in self that helps to empower whatever that uh, spell is, whatever the magic is, or if it's simply done for ritual, for ritual's sake, uh, showing that you're so so involved and so deeply committed to the ritual that in and of that's in and of, uh, in and of itself will then bring you that power that you're looking for or asking for praying for summoning, whatever. Uh, it's like, Oh, they worked really hard. They followed everything to a T and boom, you know, there's your reward. Don't know.
2: <laughs> well, um, <laughs> we can definitely get a guest on that would have more insight into that but um, and anybody who is listening please correct me if I'm wrong but in a lot of, of spell work and um, charms and that sort of a thing um, where, where Christians believe Christ sacrificed himself to give us the eternal light uh, God's the the path to god the what do you want to call it um we're able to talk to god without going through a person is basically what it was um their their sacrifice their energy what they're doing their their purpose their intent is what's giving that stuff power um but again like i said I think we would probably need a guest to kind of explain it a little bit more because I'm sure I'm really off on that. Maybe not a hundred percent off, but I'm, I would really love to have somebody actually who is a practitioner or who has done way more research than we have into uh, magic work to answer that question. But yeah, it's actually really interesting that any spell, um, yeah, you kind of have to do the work for it. Um, and guests that I had on Beyond Reason actually came up with a coloring book, uh, and it's called Color a Spell, where your your intent is as you're coloring to to create this spell. So you're, in a sense, I guess, meditating on it, um, but but giving it energy, pretty much. So interesting. So um I completely space on what I was talking about before we went to break. So please <laughs> uh, refresh my memory.
0: Yeah, you wanted to bring up the idea of like the crucifix. Um
2: Oh. Yeah, um and it's in this article too. Um you know, the we have the the crucifix in Christianity, the uh Buddhists where the Buddha um the Jewish people wear the, the star of David a lot of times, um, and those in and of themselves in this particular article, call them amulets or, or talismans. Um, but, uh, something that you had talked about last episode was about talking to somebody in a, a Facebook group about, um, symbols and, you know, if, if we believe that symbols have power and um so i, I wanted you to kind of reiterate a little bit what that conversation was because um we've we've talked about it a couple of times now where intent or belief in what that symbol represents really is what humans give the power to that particular symbol
0: right yeah so you know in, in this person particular discussion board it was just a simple question uh it was a christian or at least supposedly a christian forum. <laughs> uh and i say that because i was stabbed so quickly in the back for my input didn't realize by the way that when someone's asking for an opinion your it's opinion given to you wrong. instead of to, yeah right name <laughs> on you so um the question was whether or not a symbol can be in and of itself evil or if the evil only exists because of the person's belief of that symbol. So if, for an example, uh, one of the things I've used uh, many times over the course of this show and just when talking to people in general is the idea of the inverted crucifix or the inverted cross. You know, most people today in modern times believe an in inverted cross to represent the devil or some sort of evil um, mainly a haunting in some sort. Uh, we've seen it in the Exorcist, uh, <laughs> all the Exorcist movies, in fact. Right. Or anything that has to deal with an Exorcist. Movie. I was going to
2: say any um, any demonic possession movie. Yeah.
0: But we, when you look back in history and you realize that the very first time a, I'm going to say quote-unquote crucifix, because we don't really know whether or not Jesus was crucified on a natural cross. It's, you know, there's, there's a... Parts of the passages that are translated as being crucified on a tree. Uh, there there's different examples of what the cross looked like, whether it looked like our current cross or whether it looked more like a T, where it's just like a capital T. Um, Hmm. you know, there's it could have been an X, a big X shape. We don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, when you go back in history, the very first time we ever even consider an inverted cross of some sort is when St. Peter uh, he was to be crucified. And instead of being crucified like Jesus, he had uh, asked or demanded to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy enough to be crucified the same as the Lord. Uh, And so he was crucified upside down instead. And that's how he ended up dying. Well, when you consider what that is and what that means, I mean, it was a sacrifice first and foremost, you know, he was a martyr. Uh, He was sacrificing himself for the faith, for the belief of. Who God is. Um, he did that not out of evil intent, but out of good intent that people will see his death and realize the truth is God must be real. He saw Jesus in flesh uh, and he's willing to die for it. But over the recent years, and I say recent as in the last way, I don't know, like 40, 50 plus years, uh, you know, the inverted crucifix became a lot more popular and has since then been. Uh, falsely associated with satanism because that was another small very quick discussion that uh, we didn't really have last week uh, with brian but he did mention it about how satanism Mm -hmm. is nothing like he thought it was uh and i think there's this weird belief that satanism is the worship of satan or the devil but in reality, it's more or less, and I think Satanists will disagree with this, but it's the worship of oneself, basically being free to do whatever you want. Uh, and the statue of Bethlehem, for example, who many believe it is to be Satan, is more of not a symbol to be worshipped, but something to look after or look toward as a symbol of freedom, just freedom nothing you know there is no god there is no uh no devil it's just you and you're free to do everything nothing can really really be wrong so your morals uh are basically left unchecked to an extent um and that's really what satanism is i don't know why they call it satanism kind of a bad <laughs> term if you ask me because you get all this uh you know people just don't know but <clears throat> So in, in terms of that form, I had mentioned how I don't personally think that a a symbol is necessarily bad. You know, the pentacle, for example, uh, was a pagan symbol. It was then adopted by Christianity to represent the five wounds of Christ, and then it was readapted uh, as uh, or readapted as a symbol for Wiccan practices uh, to represent the five elements of earth. So here we see that we have a symbol that has had two meanings, really. It is the, or three meanings because there's also one currently used for Satan as well, or for devil worship, uh, which is the inverted pentacle. And I think the main thing is that you have to consider because there is a time in which Christianity adopted it. The five points could very well represent the five wounds of Christ, but because it's also used in Wiccan practices, it very well can represent the five elements of Earth. Uh, that is, you know, fire, water, uh, is a fire, water, earth, wind, and spirit air. is the, hem, or air. Uh, well, no, I said wind.
2: No, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this, the
0: top point is spirit. Um, and with that said, you know I can easily have a pentacle, wear a pentacle, draw a pentacle, and believe it, truly believe it in my own heart. To represent the five points, uh, or the five wounds of Christ, and someone else can use it and have a completely different view of it and use it for Wiccan uh, practices. And so here we have the same symbol used for two very different things uh, that can both be powered by those particular beliefs. Could it be a Christian symbol, could it be a Wiccan symbol, uh, and so I think that was that's what I was trying to get across in this forum. And I was immediately, well. I just, well, I had to walk away because everybody gained Everybody, nobody even supported my answer. It was just how I'm an idiot. I'm not a true Christian. I'm of the devil and I don't deserve to be talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I still hold true to that belief. I think a symbol is uh, empowered by your own beliefs. Uh, there, I think there's plenty of people who could use the cross and consider it an evil And there are people who consider the cross uh, an evil symbol, despite it being the majority by the majority uh, as a Christian or even uplifting symbol of Christ's resurrection or even his death.
2: Well, do you think that um, a lot of those people that think the cross is bad are going along the lines of, uh, idol worship you know a lot of people will pray to the cross because it's there in the church and you know god says we will not worship false idols
0: i think so yeah i think that's at least part of it for some people um and i think for especially for extremists uh who have difficulty discerning the difference between an idol and what is simply a symbol of one's faith uh you know that that's very much the case for those people. I, I you know when I wear a cross, they see it as the power is within the cross itself, which isn't true. You know, even I mean when you look at exorcisms, you know, and you consider uh exorcist or exorcism rights, uh you see it on TV, Hollywood of course, that stuff. Uh but even in actual exorcism rights, you have the cross in front of you as a symbol of protection. Uh and the truth is The cross really isn't a source of protection itself. You know, yeah, I can't just pick up two sticks and cross them together and say, oh, this is a holy thing. (laughs) You know, the devil won't come to me because it's in the form of a cross. I mean, let's face it. Consider this for a moment. Think about it. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the beast, uh, whatever you want to call him. There's a number of different names. He's an angel. A fallen one but an angel he was created by god i don't think he's afraid of the cross you know he was there trying to uh course jesus off of uh off of the path to human redemption you know he he was trying to get him to slip up he wanted his humanity uh to to falter and make him fall and therefore not sacrifice himself uh as god the father wanted him to to break that veil uh, between us and God. So I don't think the devil is afraid of the cross itself, but I think people give the cross a little too much power for sure. And I think the cross is more of just a symbol or representation of my faith. You know, when, when I look at a cross, I think this is a symbol of what my God did. mm-hmm The cross itself doesn't have power, but the meaning behind the cross does. You know, who stands behind the cross does. So I I think that's the big thing you have to consider here. And that's what a lot of extremists don't consider. They just see it as a symbol. They think of it as like uh, the snake that was used in the wilderness, the serpent that was placed on a stick uh, by uh, Moses. Who was Moses? I'm pretty sure it was, I can't remember if it was Moses or Aaron, but I'm pretty sure it was Moses who had the serpent uh, on the snake. And it was eventually used, uh, it was used as a representation of God, but people began to worship it as an idol. Uh, And at that point, God decided to send snakes, serpents into the group and killed a ton of people because of it. Um, I know, I know. How can we have a holy good God if he's going to throw serpents in there and kill everybody? (laughs) Another show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but God is all loving despite what that makes it sound like um, but that's what I'm talking about you know like people see these little elements where it's like oh no matter what we do like it can be a symbol like this serpent who is meant to uh, meant to be a symbol of God but we're always going for some reason to end up worshiping the symbol more than we do God and unfortunately that is the case in many, For many people, I think, you know, people start to think more about the cross. You know, I've got uh, my girlfriend, for example, like her mother has a ton of biblical stuff all over the house, artwork and, uh, you know, crosses and just anything you can think of. They've got it or she's got it, but she doesn't necessarily live that type of life. And I don't know, like, I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know if there's like some sort of protection or just the way she grew up uh, or what, but I think people start to rely too heavily on uh, some of the meanings behind the symbol and start to uh, more or less give in to the worship of that symbol, not realizing it in the first place.
2: Uh, I mean, that's, that's a good point and a good place for us to end the show. Um, we got a lot of great stuff coming for you guys on Paratruth. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff going on on New Lantern Media. Make sure you check out all the other shows that we've got going on. Uh, we've got uh, Truth, Beyond Reason, Crime Crack, um, and Two Girls in a Zoom Potato. So check that out. Check out New Lantern's new marketplace. I will have it in the show notes for you. Um, I will also have the links for the articles that we referenced for this episode. So anything else further that you need to bring up? No, sir. All right. So until next time, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric.
2: Peace. This is.